Hello, lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and you've made it to episode two of the first day of Pride Month for LGBT in the Ring here. Um, of course, episode 94 released earlier today, where Colette Aaron from Fanbite, Fanfight, um, interchangeably, <laughs> uh, sits down with, with me to talk all about AEW Double or Nothing, but here, episode 95, we have Pero. Yes, the Twink Hunter himself, the man who triumphed over so many Twinks um, at various events uh, in association with Effie, and he is here to talk about Fear the Gay Agenda, the no match, the, the no match, the no ring death match LGBTQ show coming up down in Orlando with No Peace Underground um, on June 11th. It's an outstanding card so far. You know, we just we've seen a number of the matches announced already. We might have all the matches announced at this point now, but it's shaping up to be an outstanding, stellar card with a lot of outstanding LGBTQ talent on it, including Pero himself, who is going to face Effie in a last Daddy Standing match. Um, there, two years in the making, pretty much. So. It's outstanding, but our conversation also takes us into different facets of the LGBTQ experience in pro wrestling, Pero's own experience in pro wrestling, and we also touch on, you know, the relationship between this show, Fear the Gay Agenda, and um, the Pulse shooting in Orlando, and the significance of, of the date of June 11th, and, and what that means to, to Pero as well. It's a, a really um, fun uh emotional at times conversation that I was really happy to have shared with Pero. It's always fun to talk to Pero, honestly. Before we get to that conversation, I do want to take a moment to remind everyone that episode 100 is coming up in July, and as announced during our episode X non-episode office hours episode last week, however you want to describe it, um, we are flipping the script a bit for episode 100. My partner KC is going to interview me on episode 100, and while they are preparing questions and all that good stuff and what that interview is going to entail we've also opened it up to the audience so if you have any questions for me anything anything's on the table uh, if you have any questions for me you can send those to us at lgbtringpod100 at gmail.com the number 100 um, and yeah we'll we'll sift through those and we'll get that ready episode 100 is going to be fun i am looking forward to it and and not just because it's a big milestone, but also because I don't know. I like I like mixing up with the formula a little bit here and there when when I can. So anyway, that being said, let's uh, jump into my conversation with Pero. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I am very excited to have as my guest this week someone who is very well known within LGBTQ pro wrestling circles and honestly just as well known outside of LGBTQ pro wrestling circles. He's made his name in NWA, MLW, All Japan Pro Wrestling, and coming up in June, June 11th actually, just to be specific, we are going to see him put on a show unlike anything else for No Peace Underground 
fear the gay agenda, please welcome to the show the Twink Hunter, Pero. How you doing today? I'm doing good. It makes me laugh every time. Sorry. No. It's funny because that name came from uh, Kevin Gill, who, who isn't uh, gay, but he's a total ally. And he just wanted, he just, it just came off, like my husband happened to be sitting next to him in commentary. And you can actually hear in commentary when he says it, my husband start to laugh. So <laughs> I, it always makes, it always makes, it always makes me laugh when I hear people say Twink Hunter now. <laughs> I mean, it's very yeah. fitting though i would say in, in in both the humorous aspect of it but also very much in what you have done to twinks over the past year in the ring so <laughs> i i just like the fact now that because of uh the, the gay brunches and the shows that we put on uh like when you say what i always say visibility matters it matters for so many different reasons but to be able to bring our terminology into a straight aspect of the world and them to start to understand it as not derogatory or anything like that, but just we have we have terms and words that they're now learning and they, they trying to use it in the right terms is kind of hilarious at the same time is kind of like wow, it, visibility does matter because we are affecting change in the way of like something that would be like years ago, be like, I would never say that. That's, that's, that's gay because, you know, everything, because using gay for them is derogatory for some unknown reason. But now seeing them use terms like that and just like talk about pups and talk about boys and twinks <laughs> and it's, it, in the middle of commentary of a wrestling show and it to be in the norm is something that kind of pro a, a, a proud moment for the community itself and be able to you know make it make them realize that we're we're fun we're the, the, we're not evil people like so i don't know just every time it like i, I like hearing a little bit of our terminology in pro wrestling nowadays no, I completely agree with you. Like it, it's it's there's always a bit of a of a fun to to watching like other cultures like start to like recognize the LGBTQ culture in that way and to see the the them like start to embrace that sort of thing, but also like the learning curve that comes with such things, you know. Because like in my mind, like that first Twink Gauntlet match that you had at the first Big Gay Brunch, like in my mind, you were the bear going into that. It was the bear versus a slew of Twinks, but uh, Twink Hunter Twink just Army clicked. actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was Effie's Twink Army. Yes. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware. It was actually one of my first batches back from COVID. And so, of course, I was a little out of ring shape due to the fact that we were locked in our houses. So we could, you know, I, I was doing home workouts like everybody else, but nothing can simulate being in the ring and without being in the ring. Like you could get close, but you know, uh, yeah, Effie tried to kill me. Uh, like I, I probably after that match laid on the floor. Uh, funny story of uh, Joey Janela just laughing at me, just laying on the floor after the Twink Hunter gauntlet. 
uh, after the Twink Gauntlet, the first one, and I was just in Indiana, just laying on the floor, just just laying there. I had to lay there for a good like forty minutes. I'm like, I'm not getting up. Like three match, Effie's match happened. I didn't see it. I like the only match. I just got up when when uh, uh, Sonny was about to go out, and Sonny was like, "You all right?" And I'm like, "I don't know. <laughs> get back, <laughs> get, get back to me after your match." Um, so, it takes yeah, a lot he, out of you. Oh yeah, well, especially when there was an army of them. Yeah, it was it was me in there for a very long time. <laughs> they're they're not three hundred pounds. They could move really fast. I was, <laughs> I was tired. No, I, I, I was honestly, there. <laughs> exactly. I don't think anybody would fault you for taking a a nice little siesta after after something like that. <laughs> no, but um, but it has been amazing to see. Like you know, obviously, like on this show, we focus on the LGBTQ community, but. The, the rise in prominence over the past few years has been amazing. And, you know, we're talking here on the first day of Pride Month, uh, which, by the way, happy Pride. Um, thank you. Yeah. And happy Pride just, to you as well. Thank you very much. And it's just been amazing to see how much pro wrestling has embraced the LGBTQ community over the, the past recent years. Um, and... I don't know so much so that we have a show called fear the gay agenda like you spoke to like um you know straight society kind of looking at gay as a derogatory term for for the longest time until kind of cultural shifts started to happen um away from that the gay agenda is another one of those kind of derogatory terms that's been thrown around forever and the one thing i love about about cultures like the LGBTQ community, like so many other underrepresented communities, is that reclamation of certain um, uh, certain terms that have been used to, to um, kind of denigrate them in the past. And that's one reason why I really love the name of this event, Fear the Gay Agenda, because it turns that on its head in a way that you've done, you know, you I know like in just our conversations and from like past interviews, like you've invoked the gay agenda multiple times, as have so many other people, as a way of like, Kind of turning that and flipping it on, flipping it on, well, flipping it on its head. It's, it's it's ours. We we own it. Just because they they wanted to make it a derogatory comment, we, we don't have to make it a derogatory comment. You know what? We're going to take the word back. We're going to take something they meant as something they thought was evil, and we're like, no, it, it's not. It's our terms. It's our words. So rather than let people use words against us, let's take control of the word. See, when you take control of things, that's exactly what pride is. Pride in the first and foremost isn't about we're happy for being gay. We're happy because we took control of our lives. We're not living for somebody else anymore. We're not hiding who we are to make other people happy because that that took that gave them power that they shouldn't had in the first place. So when we take these terms and use them, we're just taking our power back. We're reclaiming everything that you tried to take from us and make us feel less than a person. You know, we're we're not less than people. We're not different. We were just born gay, like you were born straight. The, there was we had no choice in the matter. I know you. They like to say the word choice a lot. I love to say that word. So I always been like, well, then choose to be gay. See how that goes. You know, like oh no no no. Then you don't. Then it's not a choice. Like you you can't choose to uh, emotional attachment to the the person you're in love with. I, I now does that mean I don't feel women pretty or no I do I, we, I, especially the gay culture we're like yeah women are great but 
I'm not going to ever be emotionally attracted to like I am to my husband. You know, and so we like to do in wrestling when we started these 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 things is when I came out about four years ago, there was none of us. Nobody wanted to. It, it just that there was a small grouping of us that were that were out. Do you know what I mean? And now, the, just a couple months ago, uh, Out Sports itself posted a list of over a hundred LGBTQ wrestlers just in the United States alone. And yeah. thinking back to four years ago when I can name it on my hand, my, my first hand, like just five people. Do you know what I mean? It's like, wow, how far we've come just for wrestlers to be comfortable to say those words, to, to, to understand that they don't have to be a stereotypical wrestler rather than they could just live their truth. And shows like this, like Fear the Gay Agenda, is really we're showing you we're not a stereotype that you want to give us. Everybody on the show is on these shows for a reason. They're totally different wrestlers. Me and Effie are totally different wrestlers. We have nothing in common in the ring. Nothing. Our wrestling style, everything, our characters are different. We're totally different. But guess what? We're both gay. You know, it's like, so it's like, but we try to do these shows to stop stereotyping. That's the most important thing we can do in wrestling now is to stop this stereotype. And the other one is stop letting LGBTQ wrestlers always have to be sympathetic on television. That's my pet peeve. I hate that we have to lose all the time. It is the most annoying thing that to, to me right now in pro wrestling. Why can't gay wrestlers win on television? Why do we always have to be sympathetic? And I'm not saying this as a bad thing because we've come a long way in four years of just being allowed to be on TV. You know, it's it, now it's to the point. It's like, OK, so why do we have to lose? You know? You know, yeah. why, why is our, why, you know, because, you know, you're still showing kids, you're, you're missing out, like I said it the other day, you're missing out on a, a massive fan base, that not just a little fan base, it isn't just 10 gay people, it's a massive fan base you're, you're missing out on, because you don't show them anything like themselves on television, people gravitate to things that reminds them of them, and if you don't show them that, like, Wrestling is kind of stale right now, and on my personal opinion, there's no new stories. You hear every day of the fans being like, "Oh, I've seen this, I've seen this." Well, you haven't seen a gay storyline because you never did it, you know. And me and Effie are proving that you can do a gay storyline, and it has nothing to do about sex. Nothing. I'm just going to murder him. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just like how matter of fact that is. I'm just going to murder him. I mean, it's it's very fitting yeah. for you and in, in in your in like in the ring, but it's just I don't know. It's just it's just I don't know. It just it lands really well, personally. We're, 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 we're frenemies. Yeah. <laughs> but not like <laughs> the ultimate um, frenemies. <laughs> but no, I mean, you 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 speak truth. You know, there's been plenty of criticism about the way that. Um, you know, it's there's been a lot of praise for for the for actually like including. LGBTQ identities on like as many um, large promotions that have over in the past few years, but also there's been plenty of criticism about how those um, wrestlers have been booked. Was that something for you specifically whenever like coming up with Feel the Gay Agenda to address? Um, well, so all our, all, all the big Effie brunches, uh, like they were created to give 
young LGBTQ talent that necessarily didn't have the privileges of like, you know, what, what me, Effie, Sunny, and all that didn't have coming up. So we want to give them a platform to showcase who they are. So when thinking of all these shows, you know, there's never been a death hardcore LGBTQ pride show ever, never, never been done because we're not looked at that way. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're always looked at as this sympathetic, we need somebody else's help. I don't need anybody's help. I do have a tag partner, but I'm the mean one in the group. <laughs> like I'm the mean one. He's the nice one. <laughs> like, like so, so it's so we tried to flip it on its head. And then when we come up with the names of these shows, yes, a little bit of it is tongue in cheek, and we know it's going to ruffle some feathers in the community. Not not so much the LGBTQ community, but in the pro wrestling community itself. We've had a lot of messages saying this is an inappropriate title. I was like, well, wrestling itself is inappropriate, so I'm sorry. I'm like, apparently you didn't watch wrestling in the 2000s because don't go back and watch it. I'm going to tell you, you're going to hate everybody. Don't look <laughs> at Stoke. Do not listen to a rock promo. Don't listen to Kurt Angle. Don't listen to Edge. Don't listen, definitely don't listen to DX for Christ's sake because you're going to just see crotch chops but like for 45 fucking minutes. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to swear, but like I hate when people swear. I hate when people come at like us for these titles and then you look back at all the stuff straight wrestlers have done throughout the history of wrestling. And I'm like, the name fear the gay agenda got you. That's the one that got you out of everything. That's, that's the day that that's the one thing that finally puts you over the edge. Or is it because it's queer people running a queer show? You, you know, I, I'm like, Oop, don't let your, I'm like, let's not let your homophobia show too much. You know, like I got it. Like, like uh, we get a lot of message from a lot of people like like i see them daily through our website and it's just like i can't believe this is not a death show i was like okay so i just watched one where uh one dude got his crotch set on fire but us calling if you're the gay agenda you're not into that no that's not cool i was like okay i was like I, i just watched somebody get stapled a dollar to their tongue I'm like, I just saw some dude get hit, a straight guy hit him with dildo and nails on it. I'm like, but us saying fear gay agenda, I'm like, oh, it's because there's gay people on the show. I'm like, so I just, I, I, but then again, we, for every negative comment, we get tons of positive comments. So, but yes, did we name it for a certain reason? Of course we do. Do we like to stir it up a little bit? It's Effie. Of course he does. It's what he does best. Like, Effie loves controversy and that's what he does best. That's for, even though I'm fighting him, it's the one thing I respect most about Effie. He's not afraid to put it out there. Mm. And I always respect somebody that is authentically themselves. And that's the most important thing to me as an LGBTQ wrestler. We don't get, how do I put this? We don't get to make mistakes like our counterparts. So everything we have to do is a home run. We don't get to not hit home runs. You know, and that's a lot of pressure on us because everybody's looking at us for, to, to make a mistake so they can just point the finger and say, see, see, they're only there because they're gay. Or see, they couldn't do it. They can't hang. And that's, that, that's not fair to us, but it's also one of the burdens of being an LGBTQ wrestler. You know, not everything is is fair in life either. So, you know, we understand that going in. But if we're able to have a little fun with the terminology, of course we're going to do it. 
course. I mean, you take those opportunities where, where you can and, you know, like it's, just, I, I really love it. I'm among that, that group that's sending all like the, uh, the outpouring of response to it in, in the positive well, light. Wait, wait till you see the shirt. Oh, <laughs> don't. Oh my Lord. I am. Okay. All we're, right. We're, we're, I think we're releasing it tonight or tomorrow. Oh, well, I'm going to. All right. right. As you know, the, what the no peace logo is, right? Oh yeah. So we just turned that to the pride colors and on the back, it says fear the gay agenda. <sighs> All right. Well, I need to find the website as soon as y'all launch that. We'll be releasing it soon. So yeah, of course we 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 know like if, if you didn't like the name, you're totally not gonna like the shirt. But if you if you like the name, you're gonna love the shirt. It's fucking. But it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt our feelings. It's not the meanest thing you've ever said to us. <laughs> you know. So. It's like, no, for sure. Like it's I ah God, I can't wait. Um, so one thing you did mention before though that I wanted to come back to a little bit, um, outside of Fear the Gay Agenda was like talking about the the growth in the community of LGBTQ for wrestlers over the past few years. Like, you know, obviously like we at Outsports, we had the QWY one hundred go up um like the end of last year, earlier this year. And one of the things that I really liked about putting that together was the fact that there were so many people that I felt bad leaving off because there were just so many more that that deserved. But then again, on that's not a that's not a bad problem to have either. Exactly. You know, like I said, four years ago, you could count them on a hand. Exactly. Like, you know, and just to see the kids today being proud of who they are and knowing knowing the consequences of saying it, because listen. There is consequences for coming out. I'm not going to sugarcoat that whatsoever. After I came out, the way I was booked, did I lose opportunities? No. But did how I was booked change? Of course it did. I went from winning to losing. Like, it, it, it's, and uh, do they do it purposely? Probably not. It's just the mentality changes. You all of a sudden have this stigma attached to you, which it's because of years of mis, mis, misinformation given about gay wrestlers yeah and and now we as the newer generation of open athletes we now have to we have the burden of changing that 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 those those wrong narratives about the gay community because you know for many years the only thing they saw on television was will and grace so only thing they know is 45 year old single men living with uh divorcees and never finding love, you know, or any other gay character likes, likes is ex extremely feminine. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there's also different parts of the gay community, just like there's different parts of the straight community. So it's our job as LGBT wrestlers to, we knew that, we knew saying those words were going to affect us. And people don't realize change doesn't start with WWE, change doesn't start with AEW, and change doesn't start with Impact or ROH or any of those top promotions. It doesn't because they don't have to change. They're already making money, especially WWE. WWE is not the misconception of WWE is WWE is not a creator anymore. They don't need to be. Disney's not a creator. Disney's a consumer. 
Disney buys stuff that knows it's going to make it money, just like WWE. And people people don't understand that now because they're so used to the old adage of WWE was the, the creator of characters. And that stopped in the early 2000s when they became public. When they became public, they began to have a board. And there's nothing wrong with that. This is a business and the business needs to grow. But at the same token is people don't realize how important it is to support independent wrestlings and shows like Fear the Gay Agenda uh, I had to plug that. Um, like you have, to, like you have to. If you want to see change as a wrestling fan, you can't just watch WWE or AEW. You, you you have to support your local indies. Support those characters like Effie, Sunny Kiss, uh, Jake Atlas when they're on television. Like you need to go out there and show them this is the hour you're watching. This is who I'm supporting. These are the shirts I'm buying because they do pay attention to them. That's their job to pay attention to it. They have 30,000 people paying attention to who, who's moving social media. And if you're supporting your LGBTQ talent, then they're, they're more inclined to push those talents. That's how that works. But you know, we're, we're fighting an uphill battle right now. And, and, and it is an uphill battle because of the false narratives that are out there about the LGBTQ community. You know, especially that we're like weird locker room predators. That's like, mm. I was like, half the dudes I work with, I would never go near. Like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, come on, guys. I, I know, I know your social life. <laughs> like, like, like it, it's, it's, but they've painted that picture for so many years outside of wrestling that it, it trickles into their, their, their story that they've already built about you. So now you have to destruct that story. So you destruct that story by showing them like, hey, we're not like that. And hey, this is how life really is for us. And that's why I always go back to visibility matters. The more they see us, the more they understand. The less they see us, the less they don't need to force themselves to understand. And the only way to get them to see us is if you support independent wrestling. So it's one of those things. It's like, that's why we, we work so hard on these independent shows to give you the best product. So you want to see it more. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, uh, let's be real. Like I think in any uh, media landscape, the real like progressive change or, or the real like um, alternative message for, for anything, not to say that the LGBTQ community is an alternative message because Associating LGBTQ with alternative sometimes can be a bit of a, uh, but um, like any of those real things comes from from the bottom up. It does, it never comes from the top down. There's no reason to 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 really rock the boat from the top down in that way. Um, and speaking to like the the changing of connotations when it comes to how the greater pro wrestling community views LGBTQ identities, that's one of the things that I really liked about with doing the QWI was that there were so many different diverse presentations of what LGBTQ identities are. And one of the one of the key ones being you, because you, you know, you're a very tall, very muscular, big powerhouse of a, of a guy. And that's, a, a, I think, a um, identity that a lot of people commonly don't associate with LGBTQ identities. Um, but it's one that's also spoken to a lot of other LGBTQ people um, just 
from seeing you in the ring. You know, even other wrestlers that I've had on the show have pointed to you as being like someone who kind of gives a different a different presentation to LGBTQness in a way, like in terms of being you know more muscular, more more masculine, just going out there to, as you say, murder people in the ring. And it, it speaks to so many other people. What does it mean to you to hear, like, not just fans, but peers in, in the business actually look at you as an example of the the changing image or the diversity, the, the diversification of the image of LGBTQ identities in pro wrestling? So it, it, it's it's a it's a weird feeling because I, I I'll go back to what I said on Twitter to today actually uh, this weekend I, I took a vacation with my husband and we went to Fort Lauderdale and, and, uh, and, and which is a lot of large muscular masculine men if you've ever been to Fort Lauderdale yeah. uh, like <laughs> um, uh, and go, uh, going out it, it, a lot of people were coming up to me and saying hey your story helped me I came out because of you to my football team I came out because you know you made me feel comfortable your story helped me and then when i hear other people say that first of all it's extremely hum humbling one because the number one thing i was always terrified about was people finding out i was gay <laughs> and, then, and then one night overnight millions of people found out so <laughs> like i went from zero to 60 and i'm gonna credit my husband and when i first uh June 10th will be eight years together. We'll be married a little over a year and a half soon. Uh, we got married last March, right before the pandemic. And when I first met him, I told him I was never coming out. He would never meet my friends and my family. And never once did he force me to come out of the closet. In fact, I had never been to a gay bar until I met my husband. Mm -hmm. I didn't know any gay people. I didn't know many of the community. And my husband along the way, instead of throwing me into the deep end of the gay world, he basically taught me how to swim and put my swimmies on. Because as he says, it's like, a lot of people, like what I've seen is, a lot of people throw themselves in the deep end and, and, and kind of lose themselves and have to come back. Because a lot of people, when they come out, the, the, they, they wanna, they, they feel that their old self was some kind of fake self. And what, I'm, what I learned was, no, you just weren't telling your whole truth. So my personality has always been the same. So when I wasn't going to change who I was as a character or anything, Paro is just me times a hundred because I, well, it is, it's like the best characters of wrestling, the rock stone cold, Mick Foley are all themselves just times a hundred. Yeah. And because people resonate with authenticity. The characters that don't work is like when you realize somebody's not a real, like, like that you know they're playing a character. Like when it's too character-y. And I, and I feel that in wrestling, people, pe people can read that now, especially with social media. And I also said when I was coming out, I'm not gonna hide things anymore, especially about who I am. So that's why I like to share. And now hearing from like wrestlers that, you know, my story or they, they do stuff be, be, because they heard my story. It's like, you know, it's beyond humbling almost. It's like, because I honestly, you know, I just try to represent the athlete I needed to see when I was young because I didn't have an athlete. I didn't have somebody I could look up to and say, I'm not alone. 
and a lot of gay gay people, a lot of the LGBTQ community, the number one fear, the number one fear is being alone. Mm-hmm. Like that everybody's going to leave you. And I just want to show it, it, that's not the case. There's a whole community for you. There, there is people like you. Because I, before I came out, I felt that I was going to be alone because I never saw a gay person like me. Do you know what I mean? On television, because that was the only time I would be able to go around, be around a gay person because I never put myself in situations to be that because I was hiding in the closet. I was so far in the closet. I was in Narnia. You know, there was a lion there, like a witch, like some dude giving candy. Like that's how far back I was. Like I wasn't getting out of the closet anytime soon. So I understand what it's like to feel that fear of being alone and everybody abandoning you. So knowing that my story you know, people resonate with it is is like the whole reason I, I did it. It makes it worth it. Even though all the burdens that come with it, it it it's worth it at the end of the day. Does that does that like like sound right? <laughs> like I don't know how to like put it into words. Like I'm trying to put it like because it's a it's it's a feeling and, and it's hard to put that feeling into words of like like wow like this this something i affected you know i affected somebody's life yeah you know it, it's just, it's like by something simple of sharing my story and that's why i said it today is like it's not just me the more people that share their story you don't know who that story is going to affect you're not alone and that's the most important thing i could ever tell people share your story to show people they're not alone because you're going to find out your story whether it's one person or millions of people you know if you affect one person you saved a life Mm. it's very true and honestly like as lgbtq people like our stories are some of those powerful things that we really hold and are and are able to share with with those that are either struggling with their identity or those that are in the community or even those people that you know don't understand the community well, even that we take a lot of, especially as Americans take a lot of our freedoms for granted. I've met a lot of people along the way that shared their stories that their parents, they're from the Middle East, their parents sent them here to be safe. And the only reason they sent them was because they do have money and able to do that. And there's so many other people that don't have the money to escape. And they, and they like, they, they, they'll share their story with me. And it's like, you know, we miss our family, but it shows our family loved us that much to help us. To, 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 to get us here. And you guys don't realize what it's like to, to like be murdered. And I was like, we do. I'm like, but it's not like you guys. And it's like, and it's just like, wow. Like their stories are so impactful. And I, I just wish more people could know what it's like to be, like, I always tell people, they, they say they're not homophobic and, and they don't even understand what homophobia is. It, it's, it's kind of, I've learned, coming out, I learned straight people really don't know what homophobia is. They think homophobia is that they just walk up and punch an LGBTQ person in the face. That, that, that's what they, that's their concept of homophobia. Mm-hmm. And as long as they don't do that, they're not homophobic. And then I say this, I was like, yo, bro, I heard the girl said you were gay. And he'd be like, what? I go, that's homophobia. I go, why do you care? Why do you care if somebody thinks you're gay? Well, bro, I'm not gay. I go, well, I'm not straight. And they're like, 
and you have to get them to get that concept of like, oh shit, like I'm a I'm the dick. <laughs> like I'm the asshole in this situation, but they don't realize that because most of their friends are straight. And I and I and the other thing I learned about coming out is straight people don't know anything about the gay world whatsoever because nobody's ever taken the time, especially gay people, to explain it to them. Because we all put up barriers. We're like, because we have this deep hate for all the things that we went through, then we're like, now we want to live our life as a gay person, but then we close out everybody else. We have a tendency to close everybody else out. And then you're like, oh, we're doing this repetitive cycle of not, not showing people like, hey, we all can, this, this can work. And because we're so mad at them, they don't understand homophobia. And we don't want to explain anything about gay relationships. Like straight people do not understand the concept of a gay relationship and that they're different. They're not the same as a straight relationship because straight relationships are given to you at birth. They're literally explained to you, like he's gonna be a lady killer. All the boys are gonna want her. Like, I can't, you're gonna have to lock her up. I'm gonna have a sock on to shoot her date. Like, like you're explained that you're gonna get married and have kids and that God is watching you have sex. Mm. Like. That's their life in a nutshell. Everything they do is about procreation. Like, and they're, and that, that's why they have so much drama in their relationships alone. And I'm not saying gay, and the gay drama comes from the fact that everybody comes out at a different time. Straight people all come out at the same time. Gay people all come out at different times. Like my husband came out in his teenage years and I came out in my, I came out at like 30. So it's like, you know, like, uh, like I'm basically a 16 year old and he's a 30 year old man at that point. Like <laughs> in, 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 because he already went through all the stuff that I am now learning. So that's what leads to problems in gay relationships. So I, and you try to explain that to people is like, they don't understand, they, they don't understand the concept is in the straight world, you're all at the same pace. Mm. And the gay world, nobody's on the same, nobody's in the same book. We're not even the same chapter. Of, of, of a different book like it, it's very hard and they don't understand that and if you take the time to explain they start to get it so you know seeing gay wrestlers and have gay wrestlers talk about you know their relationships in their life it starts to resonate with with fans of what it's actually like to be an open wrestler in 2021 mm. do you feel like the more like the more that we're seeing LGBTQ identities like showcased in like forms of media like pro wrestling, um, that that is kind of making those conversations easier to happen from your perspective. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I do feel like, well, first of all, straight people love drag race, by the way. Like, oh, love it. Yes, they do. Love it. Love it. Like, live for it. The only thing I hate is when they the, 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 they use the queen terms and you're like not not my not my part of the community. <laughs> like, yeah. like, so I'm like I got it I know what you're saying I'm like or or the other thing is like gay people really don't have like a problem with genders. Does that make sense? It's like like I had a friend the other day just an example I had a straight friend around me and one of my gay friends called me cis. Mm. You know didn't bother me whatsoever and he was like he just called you a girl i was like well there's a lot of things people call me 
I was like, I'm a pro wrestler. I get called a lot of stuff. I was like, I was like, I was like he's like, no, well, that doesn't bother you. Is that your gender identity? I go, no. I go, I'm a guy. And he's like, well, well I, so, so you don't go. I'm like, no, that's not how the gender thing works. And I was like, I was like, that's just a, like a fun term that we say amongst friends. I'm like, he's one of my best friends. I was like, uh, I'm like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a joke more than anything with us. And he's like, oh, so how am I supposed to know pronouns? I was like, you can ask. I was like, well, he's like, what if I upset them? I go, by asking politely, we're going to run up like, and just punch them in the face and then ask them their gender. I'm like, they might be a little mad at that, man. Like, but if you were like, hey, you know, what, should, what do you go by? Like, they're not going to get upset, especially since you're being respectful. Like, if you're being respectful, I think anybody anywhere would be like, oh, that, that he was being polite. Like, I don't think anybody's like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but, but you run into that now. It's like, uh, like, especially with wrestlers, they're like, well, what do I call you? <laughs> I was like, I've had to say that to me. I was like, what, what do you call me? I was like, you could call me, sir. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, some people call me daddy. I was like, I was like, uh, uh, my name I go I was like if you really know me you could call me Mike I was like <laughs> like like, like I, I don't understand what you're saying he's like well you know you gay wrestlers have all these terms and I was just like us gay wrestlers have all these terms I was like oh, I know a lot of straight wrestlers that have a lot of terms <laughs> I was like I was like they change yeah. their name daily so I don't know I was like <laughs> it's just funny of the reaction you get these days from people because some of them are trying to do it the right way but doing it the wrong way mm -hmm. is that, does that make sense it's like because the fans would be trying and they're like well I just don't want to upset you and I'm like well if you say it angry like that that's pretty upsetting like, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just shows you that change is every different way it's it, it can be positive it can be negative it's just it's just like but it just shows you that they are trying to change but some people you have to put in the reality of like some people just have a harder time dealing with the change than others true and that, that is very true but at the same time though like any level of effort to kind of embrace that change or interact with that change is always welcome and you know it's interesting like you bring up someone asking like well how do i ask how do i ask them their pronouns like it look, trust me like both for myself as a non-binary person and for like i would i don't want to speak for like an entire community here but like at least for me as a non-binary person if someone just came up and asked me like what are, excuse me what are your pronouns that would be like the complete opposite of that negative reaction that 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 the person that you were speaking to was expecting like there's no rudeness in that that's something that was incredibly welcomed and i just that disconnect yeah, is so interesting to me well it's because they're they're looking at it as a negative they're, they're see they the, the thing is they're trying to be like in their head this is wrong like so they're fighting all the things they know that they think is wrong 
but still trying to be a decent person at the same time because it's like they have a devil and a, a devil and an angel on each side and the inner self that they grew up with is yelling i'm like it's a girl and a guy that is it you don't under, don't there's no no other things that it can be ever ever this is stupid <laughs> and then the angel's like hey you know isn't it supposed to be about freedom and living your life? And are they happy? Are we doing anything to affect their life? And then the devil will be like, shut up. <laughs> Ask him the question. I want to know. And that's, that's what I feel like when they're asked these questions. It's like, for us, it's like, wow, you're literally trying. But at the same time, I see it in their head as they're fighting themselves, whether this is right or wrong. You know, they're having their own emotional, like their own rational debate in their head why they're asking the question. So it like comes off as like they're having an inner monologue while talking to you. And you're like, yeah, man. And then it throws them off when you're like just so nonchalant about it. And they're like, you're not mad? (laughs) No, why would I be mad? Because they expect, because they also... They also expect conflict all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I, I do find that a lot, especially with even naming the show Fear the Gay Agenda. People for this, some unknown reason, especially straight people towards the gay community, they think we want conflict. That, they, they think we want to fight. It's not that we want to fight. We just want to be equal. And they don't understand that concept because they, in their head, they're like, well, you exist, so you're equal. <laughs> That's their concept. Yeah, it's like you know how many times I've been given the we we I should be lucky like be happy that you're here, and then I have to address that I'm not a token gay guy. I'm not a I'm not a a, a hire just for the gay guy. I was like I'm openly gay, but there's nothing I do in the ring that is gay, or consider gay in your terminology. Now I think it's gay because I'm gay. So when I beat you up, that's pretty gay. Like, but to them, they don't understand that. Like, because because I get that a lot too. It's like, so uh, you're a gay wrestler. What? Or like, you do any gay spots? And I was like, I punch you in the face. It's pretty gay. I power bomb you on a wall. That's pretty gay. I I, I do this one where I, I, I drop you on your head. That's super gay. And they're like, <laughs> no, those are moves, bro. I'm like talking about. I'm like. They're all gay, man, because I'm doing them. So they're gay. <laughs> and, and to get that concept over to 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 our counterparts sometimes is is a funny a funny conversation because they'll be like, you know, why don't you have a crush on your tag team partner? I was like, he's not my type. Exactly. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was like, plus he's my brother, and also. Uh, really and i'm like I'm like i had to deal with him in real life i was like <laughs> none of you know, like you know odinson i'm like i know reggie like, like, <laughs> like i i have to travel the world with this man like like we have to stay in the same uh, 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 hotels throughout the world for many many months a year like trust me not a couple <laughs> not happening <laughs> i'm like I was like, he's my brother, and that's it. Like, but I also say this: I will always respect Reggie because oh, Odinson, and he hates when I use his real name. Uh, <laughs> uh, he 
he had the chance when I came out, I gave him the opportunity because we we're just starting the end. I gave him the, the, the option to, to leave. I said, I don't know how big this story is going to get, but I am going to tell the whole world that I'm gay. And he's like, cool. And I was like, you're not going to leave? Like, where, where am I going to go? He's like, we have a pretty good tag team going here. He's like, uh, are we going to change our gear? I was like, no. I was like, are we, are we doing anything differently? I go, no. And he's like, then why, why do I care? And I was like, and from that day, he's had to deal with the same burden I have to deal with because we're attached. So how I'm booked, he gets booked as well. Hmm. Because by proxy, he, he is associated with me because we're a tag team. So yeah. we're a team. So we win and lose together. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's weird though. So to get around that, I feel is they love to pin him and not me. So they could uh. say that. <laughs> I was like, no, we're losing because I, I, I'm gay. And I obviously know that now. At first I thought it was like, oh, now four, year, four years in, I'm like, okay, guys, I don't get to win in four years. I was like, like, listen, everybody, the secret's out, guys. Like, people know. I'm like, tough enough already happened in 2000. I was like, <laughs> I was like people know the secret now. I'm like, they're doing stone cold biographies. Like, let, let's, 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 let's be realistic at this point, guys. Like, like they know they're in on, they're in on the joke guys. Like the fans know now I'm like, there's called the social media aspect of our business. Now they know everything. They know more about my booking than they do, than I do. <laughs> they know places I didn't even know yet. I, I get the phone call three days later. I'm like, Oh damn. I was like, I do know. <laughs> so it's like so it's like when people pretend it's like you know we're really gonna go somewhere with or, or they do this thing where we win once and they're like and then i lose the next seven matches and I, i'm like i'm six foot four 300 pounds and then they put me against a guy that's like five six and i'm not saying he's not a good wrestler but i was a former division one lineman guy it's like Nobody's gonna feel bad for me. They're, I'm not. I don't do very. I'm not a very good sympathetic character. I'm trying to say. Nobody. <laughs> my parents don't even feel bad for me. I'm like. I can't, <laughs> like, like nobody. I like my husband doesn't feel bad for me. He's just more pissed that I bleed on the bed. <laughs> like, like so. Nobody's ever gonna feel bad for me. Like now, I'm really good at beating people up and making you feel bad for the other guy. I'm really good at that. You should try doing that. Like that's a really good thing I'm really good at. I'll make you really like the other guy. <laughs> it, it's just so funny. It's like, but they'll because they know I'm gay. That's the first thing they think about, and it's not just me. They do it with every other gay wrestler. Mm. It's the first thing they think about because now they're like, how do we do this? without getting it i've heard from many people well we don't want to do things where we'll get in trouble i'm like who are you gonna get is there like trouble police that are coming for you like <laughs> like who are you gonna get in trouble by they're like you know cancel culture i was like no if you're doing something inappropriate that's when you get it canceled i was like cancel culture isn't like if you're first of all if you're worried about it you're already doing it wrong yeah like, that's my rule if you're if you're worried about it 
then you're already doing something that you shouldn't be doing. You already know. So that's my rule about cancel culture, where people are like, it's a culture of canceling. Do I think people are a little more sensitive? Yes. Do I think we, we, we could press back a little bit from it? Of course. But, you know, if you're, if you're being an asshole, then don't be an asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's simple. It's a simple concept. It, it's cool to be a decent person too, guys. It's, it's not that hard. Exactly. Like, especially, I, I, I love when people bring up the cancel culture argument because like, literally it's just about accountability. It's about like right. answering for the things that you do. That's all that that is. And and I just, it's, it's so frustrating to see everything get blown out of proportion in the way that it has with that sort of thing. Um, well, I, always bring, I always bring this up right before we go on to the next question. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I came up in a very alpha oriented thing. I'm a, I have a very alpha personality. I came up in a football locker room. Names don't hurt me at all. You can call me any name out of the book. Doesn't hurt my feelings. But coming out, I started to learn that the word fag does hurt people, especially my husband. Like, you know what I mean? And then I realized I have said those terms, you know, so I've apologized for that because I have done it myself. But I've come up in a sports locker room and I express these are the reasons why and now I learned why it's wrong. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. and I try to tell people, like you just said, accountability is everything. If you take responsibility for what you do and it was a genuine mistake and, and, and you know, and people understand that, like, but I also say this is like, like talking to straight people, it's, it, it's easier to say certain words because they understand that because it's in their, their, their and then you have to explain why it's wrong to say it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I like what I, I don't even say when I came out to Eddie Kingston, I told him, I'm like, Hey man, I want to let you know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm a fag. <laughs> and he was just like, cause it didn't hurt my feelings. And Morgan slash me you can't say that. And he's like, and Eddie's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like all my friends were like really cool about it. Like my group of wrestling friends were really like really supportive of me coming out because they saw what it was doing to my life. Mm. So, but that I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on accountability. All right, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning into LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get a five-day free trial and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get five days free. Check out that service. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGBT Ring Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. 
And if you're into video games, definitely check out my video game news show, the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. It's awesome to hear like the response from the wrestling community there, especially from from Odinson. What did that? How did you feel whenever like you you realized that Odinson wasn't going to take that out that you were giving him, like that he was like there with you through thick and thin through all of this? Oh, he was in my wedding. Like, <laughs> uh, it's funny because I had just really started to meet Odinson at that time. Uh, uh, this was this was almost five years ago now when we started tagging. And uh, I said, uh, I had known him before, like when I first started FIP. And uh, we, we kind of clicked right away. Like, he's very bro, I'm very bro. And it, it's like having a built-in best friend that you fight with all the time that's your business partner, <laughs> like, but it's, it's with you through thick and thin. I'm like, if anybody has been around us, it's like, he's very, he's very chill. He's a very chill personality. Like I'm a very over the top personality. I'm a perfectionist. So that's why we were like, we do bad cop, good cop. Like I'm bad cop. He's good cop. Like I get very like rambunctious of things I want to do. And he'll be like, okay, well, let me talk to him because, well, you're crazy. And <laughs> like, so, so we, we work well together, but I will say this. I, I, I will always respect the fact that, you know, he's going through things. Listen, he could be signed right now. And I'm not going to lie. He would be signed right now if it wasn't for me. Hmm. Like, Listen, we have the greatest resume in out of many independent wrestlers right now in the independents. I've worked, or we've worked, MLW, NWA, All Japan, Evolve, Progress, you name it, we worked it. Not a phone call. I haven't had a phone call since I came out. Not one phone call. Not one. Does that frustrate you? Nobody. Very. Because no matter how hard I work, the, the ceiling still gets higher for me. No matter how, there's no reason Effie should not be on impact. Yeah. No reason. No, no reason whatsoever. My man is a merchandise machine and no, and has no, and has never been on television, but is more known than 98% of the people on NXT. And you can't say I'm wrong. Nobody can. Effie has more followers than most people in NXT. And the only reason half of them get followers is because the WWE social media department buys their followers. Mm. It gives them a blue check mark. Effie does everything on his own, but yet he's not on television. Doesn't get an opportunity. My resume, me and Otis's resume reads like you should, not even a phone call for a tryout. Not a, not a message. Nobody. I'm 6'4", he's 6'3", 275 pounds, and I'm 300 pounds. Like, 
I'm a former division one football player. Like what, what more do we have to do? And I'm not saying it's because I'm gay, but there has to be a reason we don't get a phone call. There has to be a reason Effie's not getting a phone call. It just seems, it just seems very weird in 2021 that you're not reaching out to everybody possible that would make you money in this business. Impact has one LGBTQ. MLW currently has none. Like, like NWA has me and Fred right now. All Japan had me. Like ROH has none. Well, they have O'Shea. Yes, but is O'Shea pushed? Do you do you like? But ROH is in a weird transition point right now, and I'll say this about ROH: it's in a weird, weird transition point. Like. After the, the the AEW split and they lost half their roster, it's a very they're rebuilding, they're, yeah. and, and you know I'm gonna I hold reservations on ROH because seeing what they're doing with the women's division alone gives me hope. Uh, you know, and, and I'll see when the fans come back. You know, so I hold reservations to ROH due to the fact that, you know, they're rebuilding and people forget they're only an independent company, but I'm talking about your main three, your AEWs, your WWEs, AEW, AEW has at least hired, but AEW, AEW is like, how do I put this? It's like a, a, a car crash you can't take your eyes off of. Hmm. Does that make sense? Like, WWE is very structured. AEW has, it's you can tell it's growing. And it's, like, interesting to watch because you just don't know what's going to happen. Mm. So, but I would love to see their LGBTQ talent get major time on television rather than a dark or an evolution. Does that make sense? Yeah. I want to see... Uh, Sunny Kiss is a million dollars just sitting on the table, just sitting there. You have a million dollar character. Like one of your biggest characters, and you're not using it. Like, I don't, I, I, that's the one thing I don't understand. Sunny with dancers, Sunny with, so like, I don't understand why they would never do a gold dust Sunny storyline in the beginning. Yeah. That, that, uh, the first androgynous character with Sonny, that's wrestling 101, like, to me. I, I, like, I'm a huge Sonny Kiss fan. Like, so it's like, like, the things Sonny can do, ju- just the athleticism alone is just, is crazy. And I'm like, just, just, it's like having a sports car and not using it. Does that make sense? Like, you oh, just yeah. keep it this awesome sports car in the barn and, and, and you're like you wonder why why are you doing this but then i see the same old same old old wrestler do you know what i mean i don't want to see the same old wrestler i grew up with it, listen 2000 era was great loved it i want to see new i want to see new storylines i want to see different things i can bring to the table kids are different these days they they, they don't i don't need to see it 34 like i don't need to see a 45 50 year old man in the ring right now i i I don't i don't need that nostalgia anymore i i want more as a wrestler i want i want stories like i'm a story guy so that's that's my pet peeve right now on top companies you know 
I want to see more storylines. And you only can have LGBTQ storylines if you hire LGBTQ talent. It's very hard to have a storyline when you only have one. <laughs> yeah. like, what are you going to do with the story? You only have one person. <laughs> and you don't even talk about him. I'm like, like so it's like, like I, 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 don't, I, I don't understand sometimes the concept of, uh, of why, why we're hitting that, that wall and what we have to do to get over that wall. You know, th- that's my frustration at that point is all the hard work we've put in so far, still, it's like we're just treading water. And, you know, why we are successful on the independence, what do we have to do to make that next jump? Because that's the net, that's, that's the most, the next jump is the most single, most important jump to the community alone. Positive, just showing that there is an actual gay wrestler able to win. Mm. I don't think the, none of us are able to win what we don't know how <laughs> like, <laughs> like like am i am i and i'm not you know i know everybody's positive about it but i'm not and i'm not trying to be negative at the same time is but it's also our our job as a community to talk about the wrongs as well as the rights exactly it's just always can't always just push the positive and forget about the negatives because the negatives never get fixed if you never talk about that. It's like you're just pushing it down the road. And you can't push these things down the road anymore. Because now we're at a, as you said, even with those, the Q100 and all that that came out, we're at a turning point in wrestling is we have a lot more options out there. And I, I think... I, you know, we're at that we're at that time is we can have all LGBTQ shows that are very popular, by the way. Like, so Extremely. it's not just, and that's what I'm trying to say is like, we're able to run these shows because they're popular. We don't run these shows because like, also I will say this and I want to say this, please support pride shows ran by queer talent. Instead of random promotions sticking a rainbow with one queer talent on their show, that's 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 a pet peeve too. Yes, I've I've seen literally today I've seen ten, and I was like, I'm looking for one LGBT. There's one, one, and I'm like, all it's just a regular like celebrating pride, giving it to our local community center, twenty five percent. Like, all right, well, you know, it'd be helpful too. Booking queer talent that'd be helpful. Yeah, you know, you know, giving them an opportunity might 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 be a might be a blasty blast. I'm like, thank you for donating your hundred to two hundred bucks to the local community center, but you know, you, you know, it would help. Queer people exist all year round. It's crazy, I know, but we're here the whole time. We're not Santa, you know. We just don't show up at like one month. Like I feel like sometimes like pro wrestling treats us like Santa or the Easter Bunny. Mm. It's like, oh, 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 it's the gay time. Bring the gays in. <laughs> we come out of <laughs> our burrows for the I mean, one exactly, month a year. Like, exactly. We'll bring our rainbows and toys. Like, everybody, everybody gets a rainbow shirt. See you next June. Like, 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 like that's how I feel sometimes with uh, like pro wrestling and with, with LGBTQ talent is like, 
oh, now we know you're here. Okay, June's over. Bye. Uh, out, out, out you go. Out, out. <laughs> Thanks for the rainbow shirt. <laughs> like, oh. Am I wrong by thinking that? Because like, oh. I literally saw 10 posters today. And also, get a graphics department, guys. Stop just sticking rainbow filter over it. And like, oh, come on. Just put some effort. Effort. There's... If you're going to do a project, I was like, the one thing, I'm like, you're, you're doing a pride show and you're going to do a shitty poster? I'm like, come on. We're gay. We want something with a little more pizzazz. Especially but, with hey, so many awesome, like, LGBTQ artists out there that have done exactly. work in pro wrestling. Like, well, there's I, so many people you can I reach use, out to. I love using LGBTQ artists for my art. Like, my shirt and all that like i try to find lgbtu artists to use purposely because i just want to give them opportunities that they necessarily wouldn't have in our community of wrestling like it's like you just said it's important to give writers and all these things it's like it's it's very hard to to cover all these things it's like also it's like i also find it really weird why it's always the same writers that get the top stories and they're all straight mm. and it's just the same 10 people and they write nice stuff about those 10 people i'm like i don't want the writer to write nice stuff i want the writer to write truth like did he like i don't need you to tell me my match was good if it sucked like i can't get better as a wrestler if my mad you told me like you know what i mean like and granted not everybody's gonna like me but i rather i like queer people queer writers have a, the ability to really kind of write the truth mm. <laughs> like it, it, it's weird it's like they don't always pump up the gay talent like i think people think a lot of them be like well the show was okay but it could be better this way you know what i mean they give their because gay people like critiquing things <laughs> like, so, yes it gets yeah, very like, shady exactly so you know you're gonna get a real honest opinion from like like if you ever read a critique on drag race i swear to god by gay <laughs> like, the you know, like my god exactly like so i try to tell people i was like i want more queer queer lgbtq like uh writers in pro wrestling you're gonna get some real reads on your matches guys like like especially your outfits your entrances everything you're gonna get like not just like oh my god look how athletic he is he's like yeah that was great but you know uh that outfit or that entrance or i don't understand this why they did this you know they're gonna give you real performance critiques rather than the atypical thank you for the free ticket you know, like, <laughs> no, that's all I listen. That's all I like. If I hear one more positive critique from the same old 10 people about WWE, AEW, I'm like, come on, guys, I got it. You, they gave you free tickets to the show. You're writing nice stuff. I got it. I'm like, give me a real critique that I want to read. I'm like, they can't possibly all have five star matches every week. I'm like, I watch those matches, and trust me, they were not five stars, they were good. But I've seen a five-star match, and I'm like, a five-star match to me is like, take my money. This was amazing. Like, like, and it doesn't have to be all about moves. Five-star match to me is the greatest story. If you told me the greatest story that I'm in tears, like, example, 
uh, one of the greatest matches ever, I would say, is Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair's retirement match. Mm. Was the wrestling great? No. But you did not not cry. You did not not cry when he said, I'm sorry, I love you. And if you can do that as a pro wrestler and get people to cry, then you're, that's a five-star match to me. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's what it's about. If you can get people to be so invested in what you're doing, that's a five-star match. Moves are moves. Like, anybody can do them. You just go to wrestling school. There's like 300 of them. Like, <laughs> like you could... I can, I can rehearse a match too. I can post the rehearse on the line. But if you can get me invested in that match, if you can get me to take my hard-earned money and want to watch it over and over and over again, that's a five-star match. If Think about how many five-star matches you can't even remember happened. Mm. Yeah. That's the thing. It's not a five, and my rule is this. It's not a five-star match if, it, if you can't remember it. You're just saying it is to make them feel nice about themselves. But if if you can remember a match or a moment in a wrestling match, then that was a five-star match. I could tell you multiple matches that I remember, not my matches, but other people's matches where I'm like, damn. Like, and I I can remember verbatim and I only saw them once and 10 years ago. Hmm. Do, you know, do you know what I mean? Like oh, moments. Yeah. Like wrestling's about moments. And if you're not, and that's the other thing right now is like, you don't have fresh characters. So you're not given fresh moments. Imagine if you had some queer talent on there. I'm going to tell you, Effie going to give you some moments. I mean, <laughs> like, he already has. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, 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 what, it's what we do. It's why we got into pro wrestling. You know, I mean, those moments are important to us. And, you know, hopefully the fear, fear of the gay agenda will give you some moments. I, 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 it's good. <laughs> Especially with who's on the show already. You're, you're, oh well, you're yes. Team, you're guaranteed with one of those people that Effie already announced. There's gonna be a moment. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, so many people on the card like have been part of some of those memorable moments over the past few years, and one of the main reasons why I love the approach of LGBTQ creators to pro wrestling is that there's much more emphasis on story and on those moments in a way, not to say that the wrestling is diminished by it, but there is an emphasis on all facets of what make pro wrestling presentations great. You know, you have you and Effie in the, the last daddy standing match. And like, you both have multiple moments that, that stick in people's minds over the past year, Billy Dixon and Ashton star, like Ashton, the Cassandra cup tournament was an outstanding performance for him. Billy's match at the big gay brunch in Tampa with AJ gray was a statement of a, of a match. And then you had dark Sheik, who's been making a name for herself on the, on my coast, the West coast for decades at this point with hood slam against Trisha Dora, someone who has cemented herself as a staple in very quick time, uh, being the, the Pan-African world diaspora wrestling champion out of DC. And then of course you have someone succeeding your spot in the twink gauntlet by bringing in the, the fucking king of the polyam cult mv young to take your place in the twink gauntlet here like there's just so many now, now 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 it's a polyamorous twink gauntlet exactly <laughs> so 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 and mv for for all it's worth my man that internet reacts to him like that I, they I do not say, <laughs> and 
so right away i'm already like oh, yeah, we might get canceled the second <laughs> the second that match starts <laughs> i'm pretty sure if envy young can weather the storm from some barstool sports fuck over a match at battle club i think MV yeah, can survive let me, let, me, let me explain this <laughs> I, I, the only reason they're mad is it's because people are so misogynistic. For mm. some reason, women women can't do what men do. I'm like, first of all, women can play 98% of male sports. A woman could be quarterback in the NFL. And if you think I'm wrong, Kyler Murray is 5'6", 160 pounds. If somebody hits Kyler Murray really hard, Kyler Murray is not getting up. That's why he runs really fast. And he has a lot of large men to protect him. You're telling me a woman can't throw a football just like Kyler Murray or run just as fast? They can. And they're probably bigger than 5'6", 160. Okay? That, that's like, let's be honest. But, you know, we have this notion that women somehow, especially pro wrestling, that they, there's a pro-women, there's a wrestling school just for women. That's not how that works. I learned body slayers with Leva Bates. You know, like I, I power bombed Leva. I learned all my moves on Leva. I'm like, I am much bigger than Leva. <laughs> you know, yeah. Leva has <laughs> Leva has done moves to me. You know what I mean? It's like, like Trisha Dora learned her moves on me. We come from the same school. You know, it's like so to act like these women can't do what men do. And that's the only reason that they mad. And I'm going to guarantee you this. There was way, that didn't even look that, honestly, to me, that didn't even look that bad. No. That didn't even look that bad. I, I was like, oh, well, she went through a couple of plywoods in a chair. I'm like, I, wa I watched Shotzi Blackheart at Evolve dive through the ropes and go head first into a chair. Oof. Got to remember like, that moment. No, you're just mad because it was a guy on a woman and you, you want to act like you know what you're talking about and they don't. But you know what? There's, there's no bad press in it. I, no. I, I was all for it. I know both athletes. I, uh, they both walked away fine. And I've seen way more, way more, way more dangerous stuff done on national television. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, let's be honest. There's been... Mick fell off a top of a cage. Through the table, and no. he fell through the cage. <laughs> <laughs> Way more dangerous than a four-foot fall through two plywood things. Under I've done more dangerous stuff, and I guarantee you, if you thought that was dangerous, do not watch me and Effie. Do not. I will tell you this right now. Do not watch me and Effie if you thought that was over the top. I'm gonna stand up. I so to, don't watch, don't watch Fear the Gay Agenda if you thought that was too over the top. To me, that just makes me more giddy for it because, like, that's like the spot with Envy and Harlow was outstanding to me, and and yeah. I've seen so many no piece shows at this point um, that I kind of I I have an expectation. I got in a street fight with T Tony Devitt and <laughs> gave him my finish on the top. I chokeslam. I ripped him out of a window of the car. The car was still moving. I ran up the car. I chokeslammed him on the moving car that he left in neutral and dr did my driver on top of the hood of the car. Way more unsafe. Totally unsafe. Yeah. The car was moving. Because <laughs> when I ripped him out of the car, his knee hit the his knee hit the shifter and put it in neutral. 
Oh God. <laughs> so, so if you watch the tape, I hit the driver and the reason I throw him off of me onto the ground, which he fell onto a concrete off the top of the car because the car was still running. <laughs> oh. So it's a, so, but it's just, they just wanted to make it because it was a girl. And that's what I hate about it. It was like, they're only making a big, because I guarantee if it was a dude that took that bump, everybody would be like, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> People are so weird, like when it comes to that, because they always want to, because they want to perpetuate this narrative that women are somehow weaker than men mm. all the time, all the time, especially pro wrestling. Like they always want to perpetuate this notion that women, I'm like, but you watch early 2000s, Trish Stratus is going, first of all, Bubba put a 90 year old woman off the stage through tables. Yep. Like, I was like, okay. I'm like, <laughs> uh, that, that, that sounds way worse. I was like, by the way, Mike Awesome used to do that spot all the time that Evie Young was doing, by the way. That's exactly. a Mike Awesome spot. And I'm like, none of you had a problem when Mike Awesome was murdering people. Like, none. Like, my man jumped backwards into a powerbomb through a flaming table and not, nothing. Not, not, not of you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, it just showed me a misogynistic side. It's like, just because Harlow was a woman, I go, because guaranteed if it was a dude, they would have been like, oh, it was all right. Could have been cooler. Now they're like, it was so safe and dangerous. I was like, well, our job is dangerous, guys. So, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you because they because they heard it was fake that if somehow it's not fake. Fake fake implies that I don't get hurt. We all get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I like it, it just it, I don't know makes me laugh. No, no, for sure. Like I've seen the pictures you post after no peace shows. Like, yeah, there's there's some pain there. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, Jake something, Jake something. If he doesn't have, if he wasn't a pro wrestler, he would definitely have a career in baseball. How hard he's he swings light tubes. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, the, the glass was embedded in my back. They had to pick it out. Like uh, that, like. And, and but here's the thing i know going into it what's going to happen that is yeah. my responsibility as an athlete to take care of myself it is not your responsibility as a fan to 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 dictate to me what what is what i deem is safe and unsafe for my profession and my career if i want to tell you this story i will tell you the story you either enjoy it or you don't but i don't need you to tell me it's unsafe i'm aware it's unsafe if i'm calling it like, if I know that, like, if, if I know something is going to happen, I know it's going to happen. I'm well aware that this is going to happen. There's a difference between unsafe. Unsafe means that MV didn't tell Harlow that he was going to do that. That's unsafe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if he just picked her up and just like, ah! <laughs> like, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> like, like, that's unsafe. But that's not how wrestling works. We're, you have to remember, we're a brotherhood, a sisterhood. We are a family at the end of the day. Our job is to protect each other so we can continue to do what we love and entertain fans. Nobody, there's not many people out there that are straight up malicious that are trying to hurt somebody else's career. 
There's just not, especially on the independence right now, because like I say, we're on a very weird time. It's like the Marvel film where everybody disappeared at once mm. and only some of us stayed around. Now everybody's coming back. So I'm like, so now we're in this era like where, and we're about to have the largest influx because AEW is going back on the road and all those extras no longer need to be at ringside. Yeah. So they're per, the, those people are now back on the indies. So now we have an influx of people that, that haven't been on the indies for a year that have only do, have been doing structured work. So now we're going to have this whole era of the, I'm going to call the single greatest independent wrestling boom in the history of our sport. We're about to have 900 promotions pop up because there's just so much need and talent for it. We're, in, we're so now now we're on this thing is like you're going to start seeing spots like envy and them did because who's going to be the next person because that's what fans want to see does, does that make sense fans yeah. want to see it envy's not do envy didn't do something fans didn't want to see because i'm sure everybody in that place was living for that spot living oh yeah I don't think anybody was like, oh, my God, Evie, I can't believe it. Stop the match. <laughs> I'm sure there were, like, a lot of, like, holy shit faces and, like, reactions. Yeah. Oh, no, there was probably a holy shit chant. Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because I don't think, when I fall through a glass table, I don't hear anybody be like, oh, no, stop the match. <laughs> no, they're like, kill him, kill him. <laughs> like i don't remember anybody other a live fan crowd being like oh no that was unsafe stop the match i'm like oh okay uh yeah no especially at a death match show that's oh, not God, happening yeah. Yeah. they're like no stab him in the head with the light tube I'm like all right <laughs> like you sick bastard i was like or they're like the weapon's over there go get it <laughs> like all right, get the barbed wire. Like, uh, yeah, sure, bro. <laughs> I'm already bleeding to death over here, but that's okay. Like, like one time, I like at WrestleMania, like it was coming down and mixed with my sweat, and I'm like, I couldn't see. Like, it was going oh. into my eyes. I'm like, oh, this is great. And, and uh, towards the end of WrestleMania, I had bled so much, and the floor was so slippery. When we did our super collider. I slid because oh. I use because uh, I try to do our super collider very safe because I don't want anybody to die um, because then it hinders my business strategy because <laughs> I have less people to work. Um, <laughs> I actually murder them. So I try to keep them semi alive. So at least in six months, I can work them again when they heal up. Um, I slipped on my own blood. Wow. And, but but gross, I know, death match, but I thought it was Jake's blood because I power, like when I slipped, I turned it into a sit-out powerbomb onto the ground, and then I go, oh no, I killed, and then I thought in my head, I was like, oh, I really killed him, I, he's dead. And Otis is like, no dummy, that's your blood. I was like, oh, okay, well, never mind, pin him. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it in the video. I was like, I, I I was I was like I didn't realize that was my blood. Like 
I know, gross, but yeah, that was because you have to remember WrestleMania is such a long week of independent shows. And oh, by yeah. that time, I was so tired from all the other stuff I do. And we had just gay brunch earlier on in that day. And we were in the ring and it was really hot. And so we had that whole day of wrestling. And then that was our last match at midnight. And then I was kind of still like towards the end, it was like, Phew. and then I looked, and I'm like, oh my God, I killed Jake. <laughs> he's stuff. I really did. I thought it was all his blood. I just thought because he was selling. <laughs> I just for some reason in my head, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> the then, then Otis, well, Otis is like, uh, Otis is like, uh, "No, it's yours." I was like, "Oh crap!" Pin him. <laughs> <laughs> it just clicks back in. <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Yeah, that was one of the moments in the match where I'm like, oh damn it." <laughs> uh, my bad <laughs> like so yeah but yeah i was uh that was one of my bloodier ones you know mm. uh, but yeah i usually don't get that banged up but uh because i usually do the 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 damage but jake is also my size so <laughs> he did a little bit of damage oh yeah yeah well, as we wind down here on, on the show, like obviously there's a lot of excitement around Fear the Gay Agenda coming up on June 11th down there at No Peace Underground in, uh, in Orlando. But one thing that has come up a lot in our conversation uh, is about like story and significance of, of moments and, and, and places and that sort of thing. And um, we would be, I would be remiss if I didn't um, at, talk to you a little bit about having this show um, in Orlando in Pride, during Pride Month, um, on what is approaching as the five-year anniversary of the Pulse shooting. Um, you know, we had, obviously, you know, Orlando is a city that's very near and dear to, to my heart as well uh, as it is to, to, I know, to yours. And obviously that event five years ago was um, very Which traumatic. Yeah, very, very yeah. traumatic. Um, but now five years on, you know, the, the it seems like the spirit of not just the LGBTQ community in the city, but the, the the city as a whole, in response to everything post Pulse, has been so strong and and so meaningful beyond the city limits of Orlando. What is it? Is there any special significance for you? Because I know that you had the forty nine oh, oh, on, on your on your tights for a while. No, I still have forty nine. Forty nine will never yeah. come off my tights uh, on my shirts. Uh, 49 is one of the major reasons I live authentically to myself. Mm. Um, a lot of those people that passed that night were people like when I was coming out of the community that told me I didn't have to be scared to be who I was. Um, you know, the Latin night here was one of the most popular nights, it's still one of the most popular nights. Um, and uh, still, I will, I, I will never forget that night never forget it whatsoever I, I could tell you exactly what i was doing exactly what happened I, I i exactly the people i was hanging out with uh where i was like and i'll never forget that and finding the hours after and just just the sadness and um the whole reason i picked the 11th was it's the day between my anniversary and the night it happened mm. and um i didn't want to do it the 12th because that uh that's that's their day that will always be their day <clears throat> so yeah uh sorry i get choked up when i talk about holes no. um 
understand. It's a, it's a, it was one of the first gay bars I ever went to. Um, still, my friends in the community are still not the same from it, and it's been five years. And and we have a tendency to move on so fast because there's so many mass shootings in America because we can't figure out fucking gun laws to save our life because it's your freedom. Because but yet we don't train people how to use them. They don't need a license. They could just get them, and anybody can have them because it's your freedom. Because apparently in 1776, when there was no army, like yeah, you probably needed one. But and it was also a musket that you could like it took you 15 minutes to load not an ar fucking 15 when you just have an off day and you just want to shoot something up so it's you know people we move on and but for us here the the that that it's it's it means so much it, you know it, it the building's still there it, and, it, and i think it's so hard for us to take the building down does that does that make sense yeah no, no, it totally makes sense you know and i know we're gonna put a park we're gonna put something a memorial there but it's still fresh to us it doesn't feel like five years hmm. and you know i know me and effie are gonna go to it we already talked we're we're, we're gonna before the event we're gonna anybody that wants to come with us we're gonna i'm gonna bring them to pulse uh, to understand why, why we do the things we do. You know, those people that night just went out to have a good time and never came home. 49 of them. And others injured, you know, for, for their life. The, the rest of their life, they have to live with that. That was a packed club. Imagine going to a bar, dancing with your friends, and then your friend is dead. Mm. People don't understand. And the only reason is because you're gay. You did nothing to that other person. You didn't even know him. You know, th that, that concept people don't get. That people want you dead because of who you are. Nothing. They don't know you. You never talk to them. You Nothing. Those people didn't know that man for Adam. But he hated them. He hated them because they were gay. And that, I, I don't think people understand the fear of being gay at a bar. Every time I go to a straight bar, I have to know if, it, I have to assess the situation if it's okay for me to hold my husband's hand. My husband, a man that I'm married to, I have to think to this day in 2021, is it okay if I can hold my husband's hand in public in fear of not for me, but for him? Is somebody going to come up and try to start a fight? Is somebody going to call us fag? Is somebody going to just be an asshole because they think it's funny? Mm. Straight people don't have to go through that. Nobody says a word if they kiss in public. Not a word. I... I'm not even kissing my husband and somebody will say something for me holding his hand, his hand. Imagine living in fear of holding a hand, but straight people don't have to worry about it. So that's why Pulse means something to me is, you know, gay bars, when we say it's a safe place, 
we don't mean it's a safe place where bad things don't happen. We mean it, it's the first time where we can just be gay. I can kiss another guy. You know what I mean? Like straight people don't understand that. You have so many opportunities as a straight, straight male to do whatever you want in America. As a straight white male, you can do whatever you want with no repercussions really. But they don't understand the concept of just living in fear of going out of your house that something could happen to you. There's a reason we have, have to have cops outside our bars. Yeah. We have to have police officers outside our bars because we're afraid. Straight people don't have to have that, but we do because we have to be protected because people hate us for just, just being born. And so, yeah, Paul, the, the reason I wanted the 11th was because the 12th is a very special day. Like, just, you know, it's why. It's, it's why, I, why I am Paro. You know, it's why, you know, I didn't change my character. Because why am I going to change myself? when nobody else has to. And, you know, it, it, it just gives me the strength to be who I am. It's just to think, you know, and it allows me to bring them around the world. You know what I mean? Because now when pe people will always ask me what 49 stands for, and now I can tell them. And it's my way of keeping their remembrance alive, like, because we move on so fast in this country and around the world is at least if I tell people 10 years from now, they can at least look up what happened. Yeah. And why it happened. And remember, there's still the just because we won the right to get married doesn't mean we have that right forever. Unfortunately. And it doesn't mean that we're equal because we are so far from being equal. We're not equal in jobs. We're not well, we're not equal in pro wrestling. <laughs> we, we just got the board. Like I always say this, you can't, ch you can't change the game if you're not in the game. If you're not playing in the game, you have no, there's nothing you can do. We're still trying to be in the game. And through the gay agenda, hopefully we'll change a lot of minds, you know, like all the, all these LB, the, the Effie brand shows, I will say this, they, they produce change in our community. And they produced, like, I don't think people understand what it's like to walk in a locker room and know that somebody looks at you differently because you're gay. And, and I know they don't mean it, but I've had many people that look at me as a different person because I'm gay. Like, they don't respect me. And no matter how hard I work or no matter what we do, we won't have their respect because they just don't like us because we're gay. Now, I call that the quiet homophobia because they don't want to say it out loud because of fear of retribution. But I see it. I see it right in their eyes. You know, I don't get title shot opportunities. I don't get main event opportunities. I don't, I get, I get, I'm on the show. Mm. And, that, and that's all of us. That's not just me. 
that's all of us. Can you name a main event opportunity that that was a real main event opportunity? Not just, hey, I'm just, you know, in wrestling, you kind of know who's like, if you're in a main storyline, there's a possibility you're going to win. But if it's just like week after week, like, oh, like Sonny got a title shot opportunity, but you really knew that Cody was going over. You know what I mean? There was no, I did, I never questioned that. You know, I don't like when, when the young bucks faced Anthony Bowens, I was like, that ain't happening. Like, like you just know, like the only, the only open athlete that's a champion right now is Kira and they don't even talk about her. Yeah. Kira, Kira's a champion and they don't even talk about her. They talk about all the other women. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, 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 it, it is. I would understand. I would be the first one to tell you if the person was like, champion, because Kier's really good. <laughs> like, she, her and Otis and wrestle exactly the same. Like, so to say, like, like, I, I, I don't understand this concept where you have to hide us. Like, like, WWE, where's Jake? Hmm. Yeah. Like Jake gets a match every four weeks. I'm like, my, he's like, if you want a poster boy of a gay guy, Jake's your guy. Like, I literally call him Captain America. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, you can't get more, put him on a poster. I understand you can't put me on a poster for like walking me out as like great representation. And I understand you can't do that with Effie because we appeal to different parts of the community. But Jake, Jake's literally a, a, a walking like, like this is Captain America. Buy your bonds today. Like, like, <laughs> and you're not using that. Like, I don't, I don't understand that because it's not like Jake's a small guy. Yeah. And, and, but Jake's literally say your prayers, eat your vitamins. Like that's him in real life. That's not just him as a, a character. He's really that guy. Like. Like to the annoying point, like okay, Jake, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he might save a kitten out of a tree. Like, like uh, there's an orphanage. Like he's that. Like if you wrote who you need to have as representation, that's your guy. I don't understand. Like I get me not being a great representation. I get like I'm a better bad guy. I want to be a villain. Make me a villain. I, I don't know. Also, I don't understand why we can't be villains too, right? Mm. I'm like, trust me, I could talk better than MJF. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to hear what I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> like my man went to music school. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't sing ditties. <laughs> and I love him. I think he's one of the greatest heels out there today because at least he says stuff. But mm. why can't why can't we have a gay villain? Like why why my thing? Why is Joey tur- turning on on Sunny? Why can't it be Sunny turning on Joey? Joey's the one losing. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'd be pissed at him. I'm like, it's not Sunny. I'm like, why does Sunny have to be the one that has to get jumped? I was like, Sonny's more athletic. Sonny got a ninja kick, for Christ's sake. She does splits. I'm like, I don't see Janela doing splits. I see him falling off a ladder. 
but like, like why, I, my concept is why are we always treated differently? Mm. And I, with, with these, and just to bring it back, that's why we do these shows to show larger up companies that we can do this stuff. Just give us the chance. That's we're not at like, listen, if it doesn't work, I get it. But I don't understand why you wouldn't give it a go, especially since wrestling is so st- corporate wrestling is so stale. It's ridiculous. It's literally WWE has great wrestling, but the most boring thing to watch right now. And I love WWE. And it's boring to watch because it's it's literally it's literally like for everybody in NXT is a 50 50 professional fighter. Everyone, everyone has a piece and cool. And then nobody, also this new concept where everybody doesn't come dressed to wrestle. (laughs) I've seen more designer clothes in wrestling these days than I actually see gear. Like, (laughs) like everybody, like NXT, they must be getting paid real well because everybody has Yeezys and jeans. and, And then when they fight, everybody has a mouthpiece. I was like, when did you all become UFC fighters? Like, like I, 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 like, where's my character? Like, like they're all the same guy. The wrestling is amazing, but it's all the same guy wrestling each other. I'm bored. Yeah. And and I'm I'm honest about it. It's like I grew up when there's characters. I love Mick Foley because he wasn't like everybody else, and he made me feel like I could do this in wrestling. You know, I came up with a generation where everybody was different. Nobody had 50-50 strength. Like, you knew Kurt Angle could is an Olympic wrestler and the best wrestler. You knew that. You knew when Brock Lesnar's music hit, you were going to get messed up. You knew when The Rock was there, he was going to smell air for three minutes. Like, <laughs> you were going to love every minute of it. You know, like, like you knew what Stone Cold came on Monday Night Raw. He was never wrestling that night, but there were, he was definitely doing something crazy. But you knew that. That was wrestling to me. Now I got three hours of 15-minute matches of, like, arm bars. And I'm like, all right, well, cool. I got it. You're a shoot fighter. I got it. Oh, my, oh my God, you're a fighter. Oh, you're a fighter. <laughs> oh, there's another fighter. Oh, there's a woman fighter. Oh, she's a UFC fighter. Okay. Oh, oh. And it's, like, over and over. And then, I don't know. It just... I just want more storylines and I think having diversity in wrestling causes great stories and we don't have diversity in the upper companies right now and the easiest way to do that is hiring queer LGBTQ talent more than one yes because we're extremely diverse community we're not we're, 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 we're black we're white we're Latino we're girls we're guys we're 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 everything and you can work with that. It's very hard to work with the same guy, is what I'm trying to say. It's like, if you have same of the pen characters, you're going to tend to be boring. Like, you got 10 of the same guys. I'm like, got it. Oh, cool. You got his hair blonde. Got it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I like, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, he dyed his hair purple. <laughs> I'm like, like, got it. I was like, that's how I'm telling him apart. Oh, sweet. He does a flip. Got it. 
like, I, like I, I, I just don't understand. Sometimes I just don't understand. And I, 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 and I actually do understand because it's also very hard to write for LGBTQ talent when you don't have LGBTQ writers. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Uh, very uh, hard. Like, I've been doing, so a little funny story. When we're doing the career agenda, you have to remember the company we're working with is all straight people. And then the, they would give us what, what we, we would tell them what we wanted. And then they would give us like something Target would have made for, for Pride. And we're like, me and Effie were like, no, that's, <laughs> no, no. Like some of the first commercials they were like showing us, like there's going to be a lot more stuff coming out in the next couple of weeks, like next two weeks leading up to the show. But me and Effie approve everything before it goes out because, you know, it's what we do, but you have to remember, me and Effie aren't a graphics designer. You know, what I mean, we're we're not. We don't do our video editing. We we hire somebody for that. But we explain to them what we want, and then they, they straight people like to take like they like to give their artist opinion on it, and then they they make you something, and you're like, do you like it? And we're like, no, this is terrible. <laughs> this is this is like the first commercial they gave us. I literally was like, are nobody's gonna watch this he's like why it's pretty gay i go that's the problem it's it looks like we're pandering to gay it literally looks like a straight person is pandering to gays so now our straight people aren't going to watch it and definitely gay people aren't going to watch it and this is nothing what me and effie would ever do like oh <laughs> well well i put the rainbow in it i was like yeah we we see that we we see that you and everybody else <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I a rainbow. I think it was a unicorn pooping glitter. Like, I, I don't know. It was bad. Like, I, I told him to burn that and never air it. Burn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, oh, but that's the problem. It's like you have straight writers writing for queer talent on stereotypes that they only know rather than actually asking the gay talent how they should be booked. Yeah very hard to book us if you don't know us like because they don't understand us so it's like i got it i know what i'm gonna do you're gonna have a crush on this guy no i'm not gonna have a crush on this guy i'm gonna beat him up but i'm not gonna have a crush on him no well i think it would be an interesting uh, storyline and he's not really into you and i was like yeah yeah i got that because he'd be straight and i'd be gay we wouldn't be into each other because he's straight and I'm gay. That doesn't work like that. Well, people get it. I go, no, you get it. We wouldn't make money off of it, and it would be bad. Yeah. So yeah. So that, that uh, hopefully with the the gay agenda, we're gonna we're gonna push some buttons and see what see, see what happens with those buttons. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, wait wait till you see who's in the poly cult. You're gonna it's uh. <laughs> oh it's it's uh it's very envy young. Let's, let's put it this way. <laughs> uh, like, uh, there's a there's a lot of surprises in that twin gauntlet that uh, I'm privy to the information, and it's gonna <laughs> a lot, lot of lot of indie darlings. Like, let's just put it that way. Lot, like, like uh, broke the budget on his little uh, his little poly cult. Mm. <laughs> like. I don't think my twigs cost as much. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but it's MV and MV likes spectacular. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we do have a tag match coming up. I'll I'll slip let that slip out because it's coming out. And uh, like so, 
we have six matches and uh it's going to it's, I'm, I'm interested to see odison versus ziggy in a pup collar match <laughs> oh shit okay yeah, yeah they announced that last night like effie announced that last night uh it's the, the, they are straight guys uh uh, uh couldn't leave my brother out and uh of course he brought his boy and uh they're in a pub collar match because that's what effie does <laughs> <laughs> uh i i think there's going to be some show stealers i i think ashton and uh billy are definitely going to probably steal the show um there's a possibility for them to steal the show mm. i think every match could steal the show i think trish uh versus dark chic is going to it's it's going to be up there with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Mm. Uh, you already know. Like yeah. I don't have a like. It's going to be up there. I, I and I I'm going to kill Effie. So <laughs> that, <laughs> like, very like, matter so, of fact. Oh yeah, I, I totally am planning to kill, kill Effie. Uh, he'll be going. He won't just be calling me daddy. He'll be calling me sir by the end of the match. Oh. Uh, but uh, the I think I think Evie Young is going to be talked about for a very long time. <laughs> just just if you thought if you thought what he did before was bad, yeah. <laughs> now oh. there's actually now there's now there's a lot of it's a death match. It's a death gauntlet. So <laughs> yeah, and and everybody like I know everybody in it. The best part about it is they don't do death, so it's going to be interesting. <laughs> death. They're, 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 and, but I also know they're all crazy, so like I'm going to be like, all right, good for you guys. Uh, I'll be in the back. Uh, <laughs> no, but, on, uh, I, sounds amazing, honestly. I'm very happy that the one thing I do like about No Peace is they they go out of their way to book queer talent, LGBTQ talent, and and let them be them. Yeah. Like, they let them be them. And that is the most important thing because they ask us how. And when I say how to be booked, I'm not saying winning or losing. I'm saying how, how we want to be portrayed. That's all we're asking for for our company. Let us have an, let us tell you an idea because you don't have the idea. So I'm not saying like, you're so used to your straight talent and how you've booked them for years. Give us the opportunity to tell you, hey, we know our community. We know how to bring them in. Give us that, 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 that leash, that little leeway that wrestlers used to have. In the, in the, in the 2000s, wrestlers had a lot of freedom to be characters. And prior to that, it started changing when everything became very corporate. And then one person was telling them how they have to be. Hmm. And that leads to the same old, same old, because yeah, it makes money, but you're not taking any risks to make more money. You're just going to make the same money. Do you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. you're bringing notice in, and I'll leave you with this. The most important thing a wrestler could ever do is bring new fans into wrestling. You're not there for the fans that are already there. They're already there. Somebody else already brought them in. 
you're, you're there to entertain those fans. But your job as an independent pro wrestler or as a wrestler itself is to grow the fan base for the next generation of wrestlers to continue. And if we do not do that to the LGBTQ community, there's not going to be any more LGBTQ talent out there. Because just like the dying off of the big man in wrestling, you're going to see us die off. Hmm. Or people just not coming out. Yeah. We're, we're, we are so far from where we need to be. And we can only get there with the help of with the community. So... I hope people will support the gay agenda, fear the gay agenda, you know. Part of me really, really, like, really wants to see a trend on Twitter during SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, 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 that's the shady gay in me. Uh, like, Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, just because, just to see fear the gay agenda trending during SmackDown is going to be kind of during Pride Month. It's kind of really poetic. Very. For, for a wrestling company, like a, a small deathmatch wrestling company, fear the gay agenda. Like, <laughs> so one way or another, I feel like one of those matches is going to def definitely do it. <laughs> like, if it's not heavy, it's definitely going to be the, the, the Billy or, or, or Dark and Trish or even the tag. So, or hell maybe Odinson and Ziggy might do it <laughs> or me and Effie you never know it's just like but it'd be nice to see that just because it'd be, I think it would be personally hilarious like <laughs> to see that trend so uh thank you for the interview man no thanks for coming on the show let everybody know where they can uh find you online and where they can check out uh fear the gay agenda coming up on June 11th well, uh, you know, make sure you follow, uh, always follow Effie, Effie Lives, because he'll be dropping merch and all that coming up. Uh, me, you can follow on Twitter. Uh, uh, it's uh, at Pero underscore. And I will always answer questions. I love bantering with fans. I think that's one of the most important thing for wrestlers to do that they don't do often is have a communication with the fan base. Uh, you also, I have also have an Instagram, but they're mostly just sweaty gym selfies from CrossFit. Uh, that's <laughs> Pero 49, um, on Instagram. Um, but no peace, uh, underground on, on Twitter and on Instagram for all the upcoming shows, because you have to remember just because it's this month, they, no peace has been supporting LGBTQ talent throughout the year, because once again, we're not Santa. We exist all year round. Um, and also remember, if you really want to help during Pride Month, support LGBTQ wrestlers, every one of them. All of them are special, all of them are important, and all of their stories matter to somebody. They might not be as big now, but you never know where they're going to be in the future with your help. And if you can do that, that's the most important thing you could do during Pride Month. I, I, I know giving to charities, but really we're coming out of a pandemic and I understand people's money isn't where it needs to be. But the most important thing you could do is just support us. Just, just that support alone means so much to our community to stand with us and not be afraid and give us the opportunities that, that, you know, aren't given to us right now. Um, that would help more than a donation at this point. So 
thank you very much. And uh, uh, I look forward to hearing your review of the show. I look forward to seeing the show. Thank you again, Pero. Oh, no problem. Thank you once again to Pero for coming on the show and chatting with me all about, uh, you know, pro wrestling and fear the gay agenda. That show is, I am so stoked for, for that show and, and everything that is going to happen. Of course, the tag team match that Pero alluded to in there has been announced since the interview took place. It's going to be MSP, the, the tag team of Danger Kid and Aiden Agro taking on Culture Inc. down there. And I am here for it. I am all the way here for that. It's going to be a blast. Uh, you got Billy Dixon and Ashton Starr, Dark Sheik and Trisha Dora, Odinson and Ziggy Dice, and then of course capped off with Effie and Pero going at one another there. It's uh, it's going to be a big old queer violence party, and I am here for all of it. I also get to see the evolution of, M- of the the um the Twink Gauntlet. With MV Young being thrust in there, and what who knows what kind of chaos could come up with that. But definitely don't forget to check that out whenever it airs live on IWTV, right on June 11th um, at 8 p.m. Eastern, I believe. So when that goes live over on IWTV, independentwrestling.tv. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun show. But uh, that's going to do it for us here this week. Definitely remember to check out our uh, chat with Colette Aaron over on the other episode that dropped today, all about AEW, Double or Nothing. And come back next week because we have plenty more fun planned for Pride Month as we head towards episode 100 and beyond here on LGBT in the Ring. Um, but until next time, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, Even if you've been vaccinated, wear your mask where you needed to wear your mask. And happy birthday to my dad and to Billy Dixon. Bye! Six, six, six.